get it rolling on the Krug Show. Tuesday night, 8.06 on the West Coast, 11.06 on the East Coast. Hope everybody's having a great day. Welcome to the Krug Show, brought to you by Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week in both spots from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. or until they run out. Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue you're going to find. Go say hi to Damon and Mary. Tell them that Krug sent you. We're also brought to you by Marin Autoglass, 415-883-3030, marinautoglass.com. And we're also brought to you by Mojo Fantasy and Underdog Fantasy. Check the link in the description. Use the promo code KRUG, and they will match you up to your first $100. Tuesday night. January the 23rd, Raj from RSF 49ers in the house. What's up, Raj? How are you? I'm good, man. We got the NFC Championship next Sunday. I'm ready. I'm hyped up, man. I'm, I can't wait for this game, man. What a game we witnessed this past weekend. I was there, and my heart is still de-escalating from that, that whole game. Oh, my God. I'm hyped What up. a miserable game that was. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, I, I loved watching it on the replay. But watching it the first time around, I don't think I've I don't think I've sworn that much since I was in college. I mean, I was f bombing left and right. I was in the press box, which never oh. is a good look when you're swearing. Um, and then, you know, you can't root in the press box. Mm. But I will say this: on the very last play. As Dre Greenlaw has the interception and he's running around, not getting down. <laughs> and I know I can't cheer and I can't yell. And I'm literally like this. Get fucking down. Get down. Get down. I mean, oh, my God. I was losing it. I almost I almost blew a gasket with the get down. I mean. Uh, I, I and I asked him about it in the post game, and he's like, "Fred told me to take it to the house." I'm like, "Ah, I saw you the made whole, the play." The whole clip went viral because Fred comes in, and you know he's like, "Well, I'm not the linebacker you wanted to see." And right, like, and Dre oh. was in the room. Yeah, Dre's in the room. He's like, "You t- you told me to get a touch the pick," and I was just like, "Oh man!" Oh my god! <laughs> unbelievable! 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 Um, all right, welcome to the Krug Show. We're going to talk a little Niners. Niners beat Packers. Lions on deck. The winner's going to Vegas. And if the Niners go, I'm going to go. And if the Niners go, Raj just planning on going. So, man, there's an awful lot riding on Sunday because I want to go to Vegas for the Super Bowl. The party is going to be off the chain. So now I've got a now I've got a personal investment in this thing. So I badly want to see the Niners go to Vegas. Get it done, Brock Purdy. All right, we got a lot to get to. Um, first, everybody hit like and subscribe. If you hit like, that helps the algorithm. More people find the stream, help boost the stream. Um, hit like, and uh, if you want to hit subscribe, please do. You can subscribe to my channel. You can subscribe to uh, Raj's channel as well. Um, if you hit that notification bell every time either one of us goes live, you will get that notification. You don't have to miss any of the action. 
man, I'm hoping to go to Vegas for the week and just produce all kinds of incredible content, go to parties, interview all kinds of players and celebrities and fans and drink like a fish. Man, <laughs> it's just going to be absolutely amazing. Um, I'm making my plans to go. But before we get to going, first, you got to beat the Lions. Mm-hmm. Before you got to beat the Lions, you got to review the Packer game. So, Raj, what did you think of the win over the Packers Saturday night? I mean, a win is a win. It wasn't like what a lot of us expected. I think a lot of people thought they'd, you know, cover the spread, nine and a half points. I thought they'd pull away. You know, I thought it'd be close initially, but you want to talk about close. This game had my blood pressure at all at an all-time high. Like I said, I'm still kind of de-escalating from that. It was it's tough, man. I mean, this is what I said earlier in the week when, uh, you know, the game ended was hats off to the Packers. LaFleur came in. He wanted to prove that he was better than Kyle this time, although finally Kyle won again against him in the playoffs. He's 3-0 in the playoffs, but LaFleur called a good game. Jordan Love was balling. That team played with, you know, no fear, chips on their shoulders. They played incredibly tough, very underrated team. This is going to be a good team for years to come. You know, very young team. We talked about it last time. Yeah. You know, and Dobbs and all these younger receivers, they really came to play and defense played good. You know, running, they ran the ball good. There was a point, I think it was Aaron Jones, before they missed the field goal, he rattled off that huge run. I'm sitting there and I see that and I'm like, this this, this is it. I was just like hand on the head and I was like, oh my God, it's over. When they missed the field goal, you can throw away everything you, you saw in the first three quarters. Like, I know it was close. I know Brock didn't have the best game according to analytics analytics and all that stuff. But when push came to shove, he led this team down to a game-winning drive. It's all that matters. That was amazing. That was an incredible drive. And and you know what? Credit to Jake Moody, man. This guy, he hit a huge field of the 52-yarder, which was, you know, the difference of the game. Um, must have been tough for him mentally because he got one blocked before that. So that was huge. Drake Greenlaw just put the team on his back. A lot of players stepped up. You know, with Debo out, Offense sputtered a little bit. Jawan Jennings, man, this guy is an absolute dog. So glad he was back. And then a guy that went kind of under the radar, uh, Diamond Lenore, man, this guy was huge. Yeah. Turned the tide. When he had that hit on love, there was like a sequence, three-play sequence. He got a big PBU. He got the hit on Jordan Love and then another big, um, you know, defensive play. After that, I feel like got in Jordan Love's head. He threw the picks after that. So, yeah, man, it was a hell of a game, Larry. But um, I'm thrilled that we won it. Because it was damn close. <laughs> too close. Too close. What was your prediction going in? Because a lot of people were predicting Niner blowout. I actually really respected the hell out of Green Bay. I, I expected that thing to be absolutely a battle. Um, I predicted the Niners would win 24 to 17. Ooh. And they won 24 to 21. I was expecting a battle and I, I was hoping it would just be a touchdown difference. Instead, it was, it was a field goal difference. And it was really, a, it was probably the least enjoyable Niner game I've seen in a long time. But I'll say this is, is for as little as I enjoyed it, um, watching it live, I loved watching the replay. I mean, it was a beautiful thing watching the replay. But man, in real time, oh my God, I was just losing my mind. But what did you expect? What, what what were you expecting of that game going in? Like I said, I thought it was going to be a close game initially. I thought, you know, the two coaches were going to really feel each other out. They have a good, you know, feel of each other. I mean, it's Kyle Shanahan's coaching tree, right? LaFleur, Shanahan, they know each other. They usually have tight lock games. So I felt like 
Shanahan would probably turn it around in the second half, get his second half adjustments. Definitely didn't think it was going to be that close. I thought it was going to be 35-17. That was my final score, but I was definitely wrong. I mean, like I said, I I counted out Green Bay. They had a heck of a a team, you know, and I knew they were a very underrated team, and I knew they were the hot team coming into the playoffs. I feel like the 49ers, I don't know if they counted them out. I don't know if they overlooked them, but I feel like maybe they were a little rusty uh, coming into this game. You know, Steve Young said, he didn't like that extra week. He felt like it was going to be really tough for this team, and it proved right. You know, Brock was definitely a little rusty, missing some passes early, had some near picks. But um, the fact of the matter was, in that fourth quarter, I think the tie change, and I think the team was like, oh, hey, let's wake up. And and you're right. It was definitely an uncomfortable game to watch because you're just like, oh, my God, and, and just scared. But honestly, that was probably one of the best game experiences of all time. Just being there, the crowd was insane, you know. To go from like an all-time low, like I was so anxious, depressed, and then all of a sudden, missed field goal, touchdown, CMC, interception, green line. Like the emotions were just like a wave. It was crazy. But I did think the 49ers were going to win 35-17, so I was completely off base. Yeah, no, I, I just um, I, I just thought, oh, my gosh. You know, I, I was sitting there watching that going, my God. You know, this game is just like pulling teeth. And then when Aaron Jones had that late run and they're up and now they're driving for another score. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're going to they are going to gag this. I actually never, you know, because the Niners haven't won like that all year. I kind of never felt like the Niners were going to win. You know, I, I, I it just didn't feel like the kind of game that they've won this year. Uh, Nick Bosa said it in the post game. He said it was great to win a game like that he's like we hadn't come from behind in a while and um i don't know it was it was great to watch what did you think of purdy what what was wrong in your mind what was wrong with brock was it rust was it the weather was it green bay's defense is um you know the ravens linebacker um kyle van noy he said we we showed everybody the secret and how to beat the niners do you believe that why did Brock struggle so much in this game in your mind? Well, I think there was a couple of factors. And, you know, before we get to that, I, I think this was a good game for the 49ers to have, as crazy as it sounds, because you need a, a close game. It hasn't, you know, the 49ers haven't really had an adversity type of game like this this year, and I think that was good at this point of the season because you got two more games. Anything can happen. Now you know you can come back. And, and the whole situation where the stat was, you know, Kyle's 0-30 when he's trailing, da da da, da that whole stat. I think it was important for the team to know that, hey, we can be playing horrible and we can still win a game. Like, we can strap it up and beat anybody on any given Sunday, Saturday, Monday. But I think Brock was – there was a combination of factors. It might have been some rust because they definitely – wasn't just Brock. That whole team was rusty, it seemed, at times. I think also one of the factors – it was Debo wasn't there. If you remember in the press conference after the game, uh, Kyle and Brock, they both said it was going to be, you know, heavy Debo – uh, kind of game plan. And, and he usually is. We talked about it before, me and you, Larry. He's the catalyst. He's kind of the engine that kind of gets things going. And without him, it's tough. You know, you can't really replicate what Debo does. He's just so versatile. The slants, the running, everything he does is just um, different than most of these guys can do. You know, again, Juwan Jennings stepped up and some other guys eventually did. Chris Conley had his biggest catch of his career there. Yeah, huge catch. You know, expect those things, but they had to kind of muster up whatever they could. But I think Debo not being there, um, rust was a factor. The weather, like there was the clip, he, you know, steps back, wiping his hand mid-play because it's wet, you know, and then he had to throw the pass and 
Like, the weather definitely was a factor. I didn't think it was going to be that rainy. Like, I was out there. I had to get a poncho. I was like, ah, it's, gonna, it's California. It rains like half an inch, maybe at most. But it was raining. It was raining. The ball was probably wet. So, I think that was a factor. And credit to the Green Bay Packers defense. They played a, a great game. Offensive line wasn't, you know, holding up for part of that game. And then I just think 49ers finally figured out, okay, this is what we need to do. These are the adjustments. Debo's not here. CMC's averaging 6.5 yards a clip. So let's start getting him going. And then again, Debo was figuring out other receivers that were open. Jennings and, and Ayuk finally made a big, you know, that diving catch. And Kittle stepped up too. I think that was a guy that really said, okay, you know what? I need to put this team on my back. And Kittle started catching some um, nice passes. He did have a drop, but, you know, uh, it was a tough situation. That game was crazy. I feel like all those factors combined were why Purdy um, maybe struggled a little bit. I think I think it was rust. I really do. Now, the weather obviously didn't help, but I, I also want to give Green Bay proper credit. You know, Green Bay, their O-line was, you know, number two overall in pass block win rate. The running back was hot. The receivers and tight ends are good. The quarterback is was, was maybe the hottest quarterback in the league coming in. Their D-line is solid. Um, Savage and, and Jair Alexander are, are outstanding ball hawks. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought there was a chance that the Niners would be able to pick on Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker and pass coverage more than they were able to. I, you know, but other than that, I expected Green Bay to battle. I expected it to be tight. I mean, I, you know, I can't sit here and say, well, Niners are going to win 24 17. And then when they lose, when they win 24 21, I'm like, what you know it's yeah. like it's pretty much what i expected blood moon says raj larry do you get a sense that the 49ers will be playing like they are on fire after the disrespect especially towards brock purdy do you think we see a different brock i you know you know here's the thing i do think rust was a major part of it i really do um i hated his footwork he seemed like his feet were locked um at the top of the drop and i, I didn't like the game plan uh, by Shanahan at all. I really didn't like how they didn't move the pocket. Um, I didn't like how their run pass split. I mean, Green Bay was 28th against the run. They were ninth against the pass. The Niners threw it 39 times and ran it 24. How about the opposite? How about how about run it 39 times and pass it 24? It wasn't like that game got out of hand. It was a one-point game at halftime. The biggest deficit was Niners were down seven. So, I mean, you got the MVP of the league or at least a top-tier MVP candidate uh, in, in CMC. He ran for almost six yards a carry. I, I, I don't I'm, I think Shanahan, you know, I like Shanahan. I think he's a top-tier coach. I wouldn't want to get rid of him, but I hated that game plan. What did you think of his game plan? I absolutely agree. I was screaming at the top of my lungs, feed CMC. Like, I was literally screaming. Me and the guys were like, I was just like, CMC, what are you doing? I think I tweeted at some point, like, yo, just hand this man the ball. This guy is, I, I, like I said, he was averaging like six to seven yards a carry um, before he finally broke up and, and had those big runs. Like, I, I was like, listen, man, this is your offensive player of the year. This was the guy that you traded all those picks, but this is your centerpiece. Give him the ball. And I finally did, but I, I said the same thing. Like, what are we throwing? And and the key you made was Jair Alexander and Savage. Like, they were such good cornerbacks. Like I think they were probably the best duo we might have played all year. And they were, um, they had BA on an island for a little bit. Let's be honest, because there was no Debo. It really benefited the Packers. And I just think whenever Kyle 
you know, loses a player in a game, specifically Debo. Like, I feel like he just forgets what to do. Like, he just kind of crumbles a little bit. And I, it took him a little while to realize, okay, we have CMC. And I think that was the key. And, and absolutely agree, Layer. I was screaming, just feed CMC. What are you doing? Just give him the ball. And they finally did. And then Brock settled down because I think you're right. The rust and just a lot of combination factors. And you know what? I'm glad we won, but this is a type of game, this next game against the Lions, you can't play like that because the Lions score in bunches. They're a high-octane offense. If we get down 10, 14 points, it's going to be a little harder to come back on them, although their secondary is not as good as the Green Bay Packers. So I feel like there's a chance that we can, but don't want to get down against this team. The Lions are a very, very high-paced scoring team. But um, I think they will come out fired up, you know, whole team. I I don't think, like, the hate is going to – fuel Brock I think he's been dealing with hate the whole season so it's not anything different he's been dealing with the criticism the hatred all season long so I don't think this changes the way Brock comes out I think he's going to come out fired up because he has all season and he lets his game do his talking for him Eric Hernandez says Larry do you still feel the Green Bay game will be the toughest game for the Niners this postseason I do I said it I believe it um you know I think Green Bay um you know, it was, was rolling. I mean, the Niners had to do a couple things. They had to halt green Bay's amazing momentum and establish their own off a three week layoff and do it on a sloppy night in, in rainy weather. Um, you know, I, I think that's, I think that is going to be a harder challenge than Detroit, even though I like Detroit. Um, and I, I, you know, I just think if the Niners get to the super bowl, um, you know, it's going to be indoors on a fast track, um, I'll take my chances. I, I like the 49ers chances against Green Bay or Baltimore. I don't, I mean, against uh, Kansas City or Baltimore. I think Kansas City, obviously, there's Mahomes. And that, that, that factor is always a major factor. Um, but their tackles are not that great. They, they, they make a lot of penalties. Um, I don't think the Chiefs can necessarily score with the Niners. Uh, the Chiefs' defense is going to be challenging, but so is the Ravens. I don't know. I, I do think the... I mean, God knows that Green Bay game was like pulling teeth. That was a hard game. Um, all right, let's. I'm going to share the screen here. Here is the story of the day, <laughs> and it's just annoying. This this is more annoying than anything. But here it is. Here is Ryan Clark earlier. I guess yesterday. And let's see. Hold on. I can turn this up a little bit. There we go. Okay. Here he is, Ryan Clark. I'm about to um, make a confession. Mm. The single hardest thing I had to do this year was act like Brock Purdy deserved to be in the conversations with the other people we're mentioning in that tweet. Mm. Because he was playing extremely well and operating in that offense and distributing the ball to Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, we had to continue to include him in conversations with the Lamar Jacksons. We had to continue to include him in conversations with the Josh Allen. Those things are not alike. Brock Purdy is a fine player. Brock Purdy can operate in Kyle Shanahan's offense at an extremely efficient level. Brock Purdy doesn't raise the level of play of anyone around him. And so when you talk about Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, the people around them benefit 
from having those sorts of players at the quarterback position. Brock Purdy benefits from having the sort of players he has at the skill positions around him. And so when we look at that game against the Green Bay Packers, even with Jordan Love throwing an inopportune, inexplicable interception to end the game, I was sitting there watching them going, man, the world should be, the NFL world should be excited that Jordan Love doesn't play for the San Francisco 49ers. And we are starting, at least in my opinion, to get into the realm the San Francisco 49ers used to be with Jimmy Garoppolo. No. Was, yeah, with Kyle Shanahan calling plays, we could be really good. With the players around him, we could be really good. But can our quarterback take us to the next level? And now that it's getting down to the critical football moments, to the moments that turn good players into legends, that turn good teams into teams we never forget, you're starting to see. You don't take Brock Purdy over Jared Goff right now, and you for sure don't take Brock Purdy over the two dudes on the other side in the AFC. So if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you're thinking to yourself right now, this team that we were starting to run through our quarterback better run through Uncle Shannon's nephew, Christian McCaffrey. Because if it doesn't, they're going to find themselves at home again without a ring. Wow. First of all, why should the NFL world, is the NFL world decide now against the 49ers? So oh. why should the NFL world be happy that the 49ers don't have Jordan Love? Why? Because what, if the whole NFL world's game plan is to make sure the 49ers don't win the Super Bowl? I mean, that's, are we so, why are we rooting? Why is the NFL world rooting for anybody? And why are they rooting against the 49ers? I mean, that was a weirdo take. And then Brock Purdy doesn't make his teammates better. I mean, that's that's just so, such an embarrassing comment. Um, I don't agree at all. Um, lots of other people don't either. Um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what the heck's going on there. Brock Purdy, the Niners under Brock Purdy are 20 and five, 20 and five. They're averaging almost 30 points a game. He's a second year quarterback. I get it. He was Mr. Irrelevant. He was a seventh round pick out of Iowa state, but he's gone to back-to-back NFC championship games in his first two years. Um, the guy's really, really good. I mean, he's, he's first in the NFL in yards per attempt, yards per completion, passer rating, success rate, QBR, total EPA. He's top five as far as uh, against man coverage in the fourth quarter, on the money down, the third on third down, when he's blitzed, when he's not blitzed, in the red zone, when he's pressured, when he's not pressured. I mean, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? He just led the 49ers to a victory. The guy that he's praising in Jordan Love through two picks. And Brock Purdy went six for seven and would have gone seven for seven on the final drive if Kittle doesn't drop the pass. He hits five different receivers. He leads his team down the field to the winning touchdown. And you're disrespecting him that much. And then this is on the heels of Amy Trask saying that there's there's eight eight terrific or seven terrific uh, quarterbacks playing this weekend and Brock Purdy. It's like, what's the drive? Everybody's taking drive-bys on Brock Purdy. 
Are you trying to say that he's not legit? Are you trying to say that those stats aren't legit? Um, you know, here's the other thing about this. Somebody had this tweet today. There were seven terrific quarterbacks who entered the divisional round, according to Amy Trask. Four of them, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Brock Purdy, and Jordan Love, had the ball in their hands in the fourth quarter to come from behind and lead their team to victory. Only one of them did, Brock Purdy. So what yeah. are we talking about? I mean, what? And, and at this point, some of these guys are kind of looking kind of bad. It's like, what do you, so Jordan Love in defeat is better than Brock Purdy in victory? Jordan Love with two picks is, is superior to Brock Purdy with none? Jordan Love is better by losing than Brock Purdy is by winning? It's like, I get it. The guy's got kind of narrow shoulders. He's about 6-1. Um, he, he doesn't have the arm of Allen or Mahomes. He doesn't have the wheels of maybe Jordan Love or Lamar. But, I mean, what, what are we talking about? The guy's 17-3 and three when Debo and Trent Williams both play. He's 20-5. and five. You're talking about a 24-year-old quarterback that has led his team to the NFC title game in back-to-back -back years. I mean, that's that. I mean, Ryan Clark is going to look really fucking bad in a couple of weeks if Brock Purdy wins a couple games. Absolutely. And he's going to have to backtrack. And you know what? Here's the other thing. If your girlfriend told you, you know what? Last year, I lied to you. <laughs> and I lied to you about this and this and this. What's your first thing that you're thinking? Is she lying to me right now? Mm -hmm. She lied to me then. If you're telling the audience, I mean, he's, such, he's so he's so ridiculously uh, unaware. If you're telling the audience that you lied to them last year, why do should we ever believe you? It's like yeah. it's like announcing to people, you know what? I used to be a terrible pickpocket. I used to grab people's wallets all the time and run off with them. I mean, do you think they're going to trust you more? I mean, what do you, what's the point of, and why were you forced? I mean, this is another, so wait a second. So you just got to go with the flow. You're like so overwhelmed by public sentiment that you, you're not even an independent voice. I don't think that Ryan Clark understands the damage that he did to his own reputation, regardless of his idiocy about Brock Purdy. You just told us that you went on television and said things that you didn't believe in to go with the flow. So now don't we think that, I don't know, you're the kind of buffoon that goes on television and says whatever he needs to say to, I don't know, go with the flow. I mean, that's what you basically said you are. Yeah. I mean, why should we think you're anything other than that? So, I I mean, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, go ask Debo. Go ask Trent. Go ask, you know, any of his teammates. Go ask Matt Campbell about him. Ask Shanahan about him. Obviously, Shanahan feels pretty good about him. He threw, he, he you know, on a rainy night against Green Bay, with the, despite having CMC, he ran it 30, he, he passed it 39 times. 
I just think that was an embarrassing moment for Ryan Clark. I agree. I think it was the dumbest take I've heard all season. And, and you know, it was weird. Like, yesterday, it felt like it was national beat up Brock Purdy day. Like, let's hate on Brock Purdy. I mean, he wasn't the only one. That was, like, the biggest take. I saw they that. won the game. I, it's, it's crazy because I it, his tweet started, you know, after the game. He tweets it out um, on Sunday when he's watching Lamar and, and, you know, and all those quarterbacks. And Josh Allen. It was Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. That was where his tweet started. He goes, oh, my God. Watching these AFC quarterbacks, how, how's Brock going to beat them? And then he goes on first. So he had it predetermined. He had this plan. It, it's it's all for views. It's all for the show. It's all because what you just said is the is the point I wanted to make. This man just basically disrespected Brock by saying, "Hey, yeah, I respected. I I, I pretended to go with the flow that you were the MVP candidate. And now that the words, you know, that we're at the Final Four, let me be honest with you and tell you it wasn't my take." I'm never going to take this guy seriously. If you sat there and you said you lied on national TV for the whole year, your point means nothing. Your take means nothing. I'm not going to take you seriously because it's just for views. It's just for clickbait. It's just for your TV show. You're literally telling me you're just doing it to entertain the masses because now you want to have a spicy take. We, we don't even know if that's even if he was telling the truth yesterday. If you know he was lying about Brock Purdy, Bobby, you know he doesn't compare to the other guys. At the end of the day. He, he loves Josh Allen. Like, I get the media infatuation with Josh Allen is crazy. I get it. He has a great arm. He's super talented. Where is he this weekend? What game, when's his next game? His next game is next season. He's sitting on the couch, Larry. Josh Allen makes more mistakes than any quarterback in the league. Great talent, but he's not clutch. Brock Purdy, okay, yeah, he had a couple bad plays here and there. He had a bad game, but he salvaged it by the game-winning drive. None of those quarterbacks, like you said, that had the chance to win the game, won the game, other than Brock Purdy. Jordan Love is getting more respect out of Brock Purdy, and he lost. He threw the game-winning, game-sealing interception. Like, it makes no sense. He's a good young quarterback. I think he's going to be solid, but he lost the game. He had the chance to take the team down the field and beat Brock Purdy, do what Brock Purdy did to him. He couldn't do it. I just don't get it. They keep moving the goalposts on Brock Purdy. I don't know why. I think they're all jealous. They all want to be right because he was the last pick in the draft. And they're like, you know what? Let's pick on Brock Purdy. Surely he will finally falter. Surely he will finally falter. And every week he proves them wrong. It's crazy. I think they're jealous of the guy. They're mad that they were wrong. They're mad that they didn't see the talent in this guy. Second year in the league. He's only 24 years old. Back-to-back NFC championships. I don't get why people are hating the guy. He doesn't do anything mean. He's always great to the media. Very humble young man. It's not like he's a cocky guy. He's not a, you know, a, a nasty SOB. Like, there's some players, cocky, they're terrible with the media. This guy is so humble, and he's respectful, and he gets so much hate. I'm tired of it. I hope he hoists that Lombardi so all of these people will look like complete idiots. Because they are. They're, they're complete idiots. You got Nick Wright. You got, you know, Stephen A. Smith. You got Ryan. All these guys. Colin Cowherd. Well, there, and there's just no there's no penalty for being a jackass. Yeah, it's, it's, and there's no penalty for being wrong. You know what? You're just flapping your gums. That's it. Because in reality, I, you know what would be great? Is if you're wrong, you're done. You should be. But they're going to still go back on the show the next day, and then they're going to backtrack and say something else. They're going to move the goalpost, and it makes no sense. And it's so irritating. Then today, I don't know if you saw Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings, and I knew this. Former guy. Packer. Yeah, former Packer. He's just salty. So, and I said this the other What did he day. say? I didn't see Jennings. So he basically said, you know, and this is my take. I knew that I said, if Brock doesn't win, the media is going to say, oh, okay, now 
what quarterback are the 49ers going to look into? I already know that's how the media is going to like go into the next phase. So if the 49ers right. games, the talk of the off seasons, Oh, the 49ers, are they going to look at another quarterback? Brock couldn't get it done. You know, maybe he's not good enough. So he said that basically he goes, well, the 49ers aren't good enough to win because Brock Purdy, he says he's kind of entering Jimmy G territory and maybe the 49ers look into another quarterback like Justin Fields. He's like, imagine what they can do if they had Justin Fields. I said, <laughs> wow. Um, I like Justin Fields, but I mean, come on. Garoppolo, by the way, in the playoffs, six games, four touchdowns, six interceptions, one interception every game he played, uh, 74.1 rating. Purdy in the playoffs, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 101.2 rating. What do you think of Eric Hernandez? He says, if Trey Lance were performing like Purdy, they'd be showering him with flowers and calling him a franchise quarterback. I, I, I got to think that that's probably true. How about this one from... Butthead. So if Brock Purdy does well, it's the players. But if Purdy sucks, it's on him. Yeah, that's how the media takes it. They move the goalposts. If he's good, they find a reason why he's good. When he's bad, it's because he's bad. That's exactly how the media, that's their take, man. It's crazy. It's amazing. It absolutely is amazing. Um, okay. What did you think of Shanahan's handling of the clock at the end of the first half? Oh, my God. I was sick, man. I was sick. Again, you called it earlier that there were so many poor decisions. The, the time management was so infuriating. I, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe how poor he managed it. Like that was uh, that got on my nerves. That was one of the things that I was saying before half. And you know the thing is, I, I that wasn't the only bad thing he did. It's like you said, they weren't running the ball. But I was so sick. I was sick. I was like, man, Chenin's gonna sell us on this game. That that was bad. That was one of the worst parts of that game. I mean. Oh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't even want to think about it anymore because it was disgusting. Seriously, I mean, that was a major wasted opportunity. Why do you think, I mean, I, the one thing that I don't understand is I don't understand why the 49ers ran the ball so little and passed it so much. I mean, 39 passes in the rain with a quarterback who has struggled already this year with a wet ball against a Green Bay defense that was 28th against the run, 9th against the pass, in a game where Debo Samuel went out of the game early, so you're without one of your top wide receivers. Your offensive line is clearly a better run-blocking line than a pass protection line. Your tight end is the best run blocker in the game. The game was not out of hand. It was a one-point game at halftime. The margin was never more than seven. Green Bay's got good pass rushers up front. They got three different guys in their D-line that had seven and a half sacks. They had just sacked Dallas's quarterback the week before four times and hit him nine times and pressured him into two interceptions, including a pick six. Why is it just that Shanahan gets pass happy? I mean, or, or does he have so – I mean, it's just really weird. When he had Jimmy Garoppolo, he ran the ball against Minnesota and Green Bay and like clearly did not trust Jimmy. Now he clearly trusts Brock, but I mean, dude, you've got CMC against the 28th rated run defense and you give him 17 carries. What do you make of that plan? I mean, I, I want to think that Shanahan's an elite coach, but I'm starting to wonder if the pressure is getting to him. I mean, I think there is pressure because three NFC championships in the last four years, like he's done a great job. I mean, I love Kyle, what he's done to this team. 
built this roster from, I mean, nothing. They had nothing when they took over, right? And it took him some years. His free agency moved him, and John Lynch obviously needs credit too. Um, they've put together a great team, great culture. They've cultivated. But I, I feel like there is a lot of pressure because everybody always remembers 28-3. to 3. I, I think when he gets to these big games, these big moments, I think the pressure just hits him. And, and sometimes he – I don't know if he folds, but I think he just maybe overthinks himself. I think he realizes, like, okay, it's like a chess game, and maybe they're not going to see me doing this all the time. And I do think that part of it is he trusts – you know, Brock, and, and that's awesome that he does trust him. But in the rain game, I would have expected a lot more running, you know, the football. And it's the playoffs. you got to run the ball. So I don't know where Kyle's head is sometimes. I think, again, like I said earlier, sometimes when he loses a player, I think that throws him off his game. I think his game plan is so – like he tries to structure his game plan so much, you know, the, the script and everything that he always has. I think he tries to stick to it so much. Like when something is off, I, it throws him off. I kind of feel like he might have some OCD tendencies because he doesn't want to stray from it. Like, he has to still do what in his mind needs to be done, you know what I mean? Because he's so, like, strict in what his rigid game plan is. So I think that's part of it. Um, but, I mean, you, you can't fault the guy for, you know, trying at, at the end of the day. But, man, I tell you, sometimes I get so furious. Like I, like I said, I'm screaming run the ball. The game management, like you said, in the first half, like, I was just wasting opportunities here and I, I don't know I think sometimes he just gets inside his head and that's that's what dooms him but um you know I feel like he's improved this year in terms of being more aggressive putting the foot on the metal but he's not perfect and he's got two more games because if he loses these one of these next two games the media is going to come right at him and say he'll never win the big one he'll never win the big one like it's it's probably just mounted up all the mental pressure because look at what happened with Andy Reid it finally took him you know, until he found Mahomes. But he was in the same boat every year. He would fail. He would fail. He failed. And the media was like, he's never going to do it. He's never going to do it. So this is the year, man. I, I think Kyle can get the monkey off his back, but he has to call two perfect games from here on out. Yeah, no question. They got to bounce back with better performances. The forecast for Sunday afternoon only says a 12% chance of rain. According to AccuWeather, it's supposed to be 72 degrees. So it should be better footing. The Niners had to change their cleats. Uh, Ward couldn't keep his feet. Gibson couldn't keep his feet. I mean, the, the Green Bay had bet, kept their feet footing better on the Niners' field than the Niners did on the Niners' field. Let me ask you this. Um, do you expect Detroit to be better than Green Bay, or is Green Bay better than Detroit? It's a good question. I think Green Bay was hotter coming into this game, so I think they were playing – um, like I said, they had nothing to lose. Green Bay had literally nothing to lose. They were just happy to be in the playoffs, I feel like, because nobody – they were like 2-5 and five at some point, something like that. They went on a, like a huge run. They went on a big run. So I think that was the team that you're just – I think no team wanted to play Green Bay going into this playoffs because they were so hot. Jordan was kind of feeling it. The receivers were stepping up. They got a good young team, good coach, you know. So I think – in a sense, yeah, Green Bay might have been the better team in the moment, in the playoffs. But I think Detroit is the better team. You look at that roster, top to bottom. Gibbs, you know, Laporta, he's like a young kiddo. You got uh, Amon St. I mean, Amon Ra, that guy is incredible. And I know the 49ers secondary was slipping and falling and, you know, just their cleats weren't set. They, they need to make sure they come with their A game because this offense of the Lions, I think, is better than the uh, Green Bay Packers. Although... I think Jordan Love is better than Jared Goff. Jared Goff is a good veteran, and he's been in the Super Bowl before. He's been written off. I mean, that is a huge factor right there. Jared Goff, 
he hasn't had the best history against the 49ers. A lot of pick sixes. You got um, Javon Kinlaw's picked him off. I think Fred Warner's picked him off. You know, numerous others have had interceptions on him. But I do think Detroit's a better team. Um, Jared Goff definitely is a solid veteran. But I think Jordan Love was better than him. Although, in the playoffs, you know, um, experience matters. And Jared Goff has a lot of experience. And I think that's going to help them. And then the other uh, factor is Dan Campbell versus Kyle Shannon. We talked about Kyle. Dan Campbell is no fear. If they need to go for it on fourth and 20, if they need to go for a two-point conversion, he's going to go and do whatever he does. He doesn't care about the analytics. He's going to do what he thinks he needs to do to win. So that is another X factor. Is Kyle going to be able to outcoach Dan Campbell or vice versa? Will Dan Campbell be able to outcoach Kyle? That's a huge matchup. I think Dan Campbell is a phenomenal coach, and that is going to be to me, an X factor in this game. I do think Detroit's the better team than Green Bay, but in the moment, I think Green Bay was the better team because they are. They came in so hot with nothing to lose. You know, I think the Niners are going to play a lot better. I really do. I think they're going to play a lot better. Uh, I don't know that they're going to play a lot a lot worse. Um, <laughs> I think they're going to play better. I think that's going to be the difference. But I'll tell you, the secondary for the 49ers is making me nervous. Tayshawn Gibson doesn't look good. Logan Ryan was a disaster against the run. Uh, Ambry Thomas did not play the ball in the air with poise. He's just grabbing guys. I mean, what are you doing, bro? Um, what should the are you confident in the Niners secondary, or would you make a change? Mm, I'm confident with everybody except Ambry Thomas because that guy was definitely um, he's just getting he was the weak link there. He was getting PIs. You know, he just wasn't being able to stick with the receiver. And, and again, with Logan Ryan, too, I, I wasn't happy with him. I, I know Jair's had some injuries, and I know that, you know, he's been the rookie, and, and you want the veteran presence. He's missed some tackles in his, you know, his time, but he's a young buck. Uh, but Logan Ryan, you're the veteran. You shouldn't be missing those tackles. Like, that play that we talked about earlier with Aaron Jones, I was Logan Ryan that missed the nasty. I mean, he got his ankles broken. He missed the tackle, and that almost was the game. So, I think that you should make a, a, a switch it, and maybe put in Jair Brown. Maybe see if George Odom can be, uh, you know, beneficial in that spot. It's just tough because my guy Talanoa, I wish he was there, man. It was nice that he was there on the sidelines. But that loss is, you know, showing um, a big, big gaping hole because this secondary has been really patchwork over the last couple of weeks. And I, I think that maybe their their um, chemistry isn't what it was when, when Hufunga was there because then you had the rookie. Again, you had Logan Ryan. Ambry Thomas, he's been thrown around different times. He played good early in the season, but, I mean, other than Mooney Ward and, and Diamond Lenore, who were, who were really solid, I mean, Mooney Ward had a couple uh, PBUs in the end zone that really saved the game. Other than those two guys, I, it's it's a it's a toss-up. And, and I like Gibson, too. I think he'll have a big game this week. But, I mean, at this point, you might need to throw a little uh, wrench in the game because I was not – too thrilled with how Logan Ryan and Ambry Thomas played this weekend. Yeah, I, I'm okay with Ambry, but Logan Ryan's got to sit. Um, Shanahan was asked why he went with Logan Ryan over Jair Brown after the game, and he said, we knew that we kind of decided that when Jair had missed about four weeks. I think it was two games, but he's been out for four weeks. He's been awesome in practice. I love Jair. It has nothing to do with him, just our experience of playoff games being around us. I think it's a lot when you got a rookie who hasn't played in a month who's very passionate, aggressive player. I just don't want to put all that on him to have him go out in a playoff game when he hasn't been out there for four weeks, especially when you have a veteran behind him who could just calm down a little bit. 
Uh, if things would have gone differently, we would have put Jair in right away. But we don't. We really don't want to do that, or we don't want to do that really to Jair. Well, here's the thing: go with Jair. Jair's a much better run defender than Logan Ryan, and Jair. I believe Jair will step up to the moment. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. Logan Ryan is a veteran stopgap guy who was on a freaking cruise when yeah. they called him. Go with Jair Brown. Jair Brown's your blue chip guy who's going to be a major player in your secondary going forward. I mean, it's freaking January the 23rd. You can't coach this guy up. I thought Steve Wilkes was a defensive backfield coach. For, for crying out loud, go with Jair Brown. He's way more physical. He's faster. Um, I'll, I'll take my chances on busted plays. I'll, I'll gamble on Jair Brown. I hated the effort that I saw against the run from Logan Ryan. Uh, Montgomery's a, a monster. He's 220 pounds. He on a five ten frame. You got to have some thumpers back there. Now uh, he's just going to run right over and through and around Logan Ryan. If there's one thing I got to see in this game, I got to see Samuel Womack activated and I got to see Jair Brown starting over Logan Ryan. And it's, it, it's it, it, at this point, it's kind of pisses me off actually. And I'm going to have, and, and then I'll tell you the other one, Enough Sebastian Joseph Day. Play Kinlaw. Yeah, Sebastian Kinlaw. Joseph Day got pushed around by the Packer O-line. He's going to get pushed around by the uh, Lions O-line. Kinlaw, on the other hand, you know, is stronger at the point. He reset the line of scrimmage. He made some plays. He there's only They only got six hits on the quarterback. Five from Bosa, one from Kinlaw. Nobody else who calls themselves a defensive lineman even touched the quarterback the entire night. Play Kinlaw, play Jair, sit day, sit Logan Ryan. Yeah, Logan Ryan needs to. He was so bad. I mean, like I said, that was the one. That was only one play I mentioned, the Aaron Jones play. But there's a lot of other bad plays. And, and you're right. You know what? If you have this young rookie, if you want to give this man some some confidence, you tell him, you know what? I'm putting your ass in the NFC Championship game. Go out there. And have yourself a day, young man. You know how much he can learn and develop from this moment. And if he plays back, he will learn from it and grow from it. This guy, Logan Ryan, he's not going to be on the team after this season. Why are you putting your trust in this man who's basically a rental player for depth because he had some injuries? Put some trust in your blue chip rookie. Like you said, this man was drafted with their first pick this year. And they think he's going to be the future of the secondary. When Tajon Gibson's gone next year, you're going to have Hufanga. And Jair Brown, most likely. So let this man get some confidence. I was sick to my stomach with Logan Ryan. I was, that's another guy I was telling. I was screaming, get your ass out of there, man. <laughs> and I, I mean, who goes on a cruise? You know, either people who just graduated from high school, <laughs> college, or old people. Old folks, man. If you're on, you know, if I'm looking for a football player and he's on a cruise, that not that a good, pretty good indication that he's not in the right mindset yeah. or frame of mind? I mean, how many people who are wolfing down a bunch of desserts on a cruise really are, you know, yeah, that's the guy we need. Oh, that yeah. is the guy. I mean, I talked to him last week, and you know what? I like him, and he's smart, and so what? I Go with Jair Brown. Go with Kinlaw. Um, please, please. What do you make of um, Brian Greasy, the Niners quarterback coach, and the offensive passing game specialist Clint Kubiak? both interviewed for the Saints OC job. Who would you rather see stick around between Greasy and Kubiak? 
they're both good. They're both good football minds. They both come from good football families. I think it'd be a good opportunity for both of them. I hope they both don't take the job, but you know, that's Kyle Shanahan's coaching tree. And it's is it every time of the year around this time of the year, we're getting coaches poached, but I think I like Brian Greasy a little bit better. I think he's been a heck of a QB coach. I, I really like what he's done. Um, especially since we had some bad, you know, QB coaches over the years. I, in my opinion, Rick Scalangelo, I didn't like him. So if I had to choose, I'd rather lose um, Clint Kubiak because I think Brian Greasy's um, better overall in terms of being able to develop a guy like Brian, uh, Brock Purdy. So I would keep Brian Greasy, and you can get another guy to replace Kubiak, I think. I mean, you can go get one of the other Kubiaks, you know? So <laughs> go bring it. Yeah, in. I'd like to keep Greasy as well. The Bears also uh, expressed some interest in Kubiak, and then they hired Shane Waldron um, away from Seattle. But I, I, to me, if it's one or the other, I would say stay, you know, stay with Greasy, and I think he's had a good impact on on Brock Purdy, um, and I would I would allow Kubiak to walk. What did you think of the O lineman they signed today? It's kind of bizarre that they would do that, but they signed an offensive lineman today um, who was from Mexico, and I remember seeing him in Hard Knocks mm-hmm. uh, with the Cowboys. Um, Alarcron, I believe his name is. Yeah, he was a uh, so. He's an offensive lineman who actually transitioned to a defensive tackle in, in the Cowboys. He was on their international pathway. So he was in the same little thing that, you know, Alfredo Gutierrez, 49. Right. So they're in like the same boat, both from Mexico. So, um, is he, a, well, what is he? Is he an offensive tackle or a defensive tackle? He's an offensive tackle and a defense. He, he did both in Dallas. So he could, I mean, he's just a guy that I think they're going to go out there and figure out what he can do for the team. He's a futures player, you know, reserve. I, it's not like he's going to have any impact now. I think sometimes, you know, these teams, they get these guys for a futures contract, develop, and, you know, stash away. So that, that's really what I think it is. It's more of like a stash and see if he can develop down the line, you know? Did you see the Juwan Jennings block where he took the guy into the Gatorade? That was my favorite moment of the game. This man. Damn, Juwan Jennings, Ju- Jennings is a badass. One of my favorite players. He doesn't get enough respect. You know what? He's a restricted free agent this year. He's got one more year restricted, but I don't know if we're going to keep him next year after he, he has his one more, you know, he'll get one more tender, I think, next year, right? After that, if he plays anything like he does this year, I mean, he's so crucial. You'll get a bit, pretty big contract somewhere with how clutch he is with his blocking. He's so unselfish. He's a great role player. I, man, when he threw that dude in the Gatorade stand, I was like, let's go, Jennings. Oh, my God. <laughs> was I great. know. It was great to see. You know, I wanted to see Hargrave do something as far as rush the passer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this next game is the game that Hargrave's going to kick ass. Uh, the Lions left guard, Jonah Jackson, is most likely out of this game with a knee injury. Their backup there is a really raw player. Also, Frank Ragnow's got a sprained ankle and a sprained knee. And to me, if the Niners can get some push in the middle against Jared Goff, I think that that wins the game for him. To me, Hargrave, you know, they paid him a boatload of cash. He's got to fire a big effort in this game and help the Niners get to that next level. Um, and I think he's got a great chance to, but if he doesn't do it, to me, that's going to be hugely disappointing. Yeah, I agree because you're right. Detroit's line is battered up, and this is the point of the season where players are, are you know, running out of gas. It's it's everything starts catching up to you, and the 49ers' defensive line has to come out and get pressure because they just haven't been able to do it over the last couple of weeks. 
They haven't been able to stop the run. They haven't been able to set the edge. I know injuries to like Cleland Farrell were, were really big. And I think that's a guy that I think people took for granted, you know, now uh, today he posted yep. surgery on his knee and everything. I thought he was supposed to be back this week, a couple of weeks ago. And then boom, lo and behold, injured reserve. That was huge. man. I, I really liked Farrell. Um, but these guys have to step up in, in defensive line, especially like you said, against the pass rush or, or against the run defense. One guy that I need to see step up. I, I know you said Hargrave. He's getting paid a lot of money. I, I need to see him step up too. I need Chase Young to have some impact. I've been, I've been looking for him. I can't find him on Sundays. And he got close this week, but yeah, you got to get home. Listen, he wants to contract this. You know, he's playing for the bag, whatever the case is. He, it's like he came into the Jaguars game and he had this like, oh my God, Chase Young, Nick Bosa, and we were like, oh, we got blinded by. The hype. It was amazing. And then he was like, all right, now I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to sit back. And I'm going to sit back. Where's he been, Larry? I haven't seen him. He he kind of just washed himself away. After the Jaguars game, he just, like, kind of sat back. And he's collecting. He's just there for the ride. He's getting – he's like that guy that gets the participation trophy. He's like the guy that, in a group project, he just sits – he's just part of the team. He needs to step up, Larry. I have not seen Chase Young do anything since the Jaguars game. If they said to me, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down on re-signing Chase Young. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be a thumbs down. I'll be a thumbs down. There's too many guys in the draft. Go after somebody in the draft. He's lost all of his speed. He's lost all of his bend. He plays kind of high. He's not that fast. Um, The guy that I wanted to see them, and you know it because I was saying it to you all offseason, I wanted to see them go sign Leonard Floyd. And then he went to Buffalo. Leonard Floyd has way more juice as a pass rusher than uh, or Jadeveon Clowney. And now Clowney had a good year with Baltimore. And, you know, they they wind up going with Chase. And it's not that Chase can't play. Chase can play. It's just he just a little stiff. He doesn't look like the player that he was. Um, And that kind of, I don't know. Personally, I just think that um, he's been a little bit disappointing. He's like one of those guys. He has a big rep. And he's got a big name, but he's not really playing to that reputation anymore. I agree. He has a huge name and everybody, you know, name recognition. He's, he's, I think Bosa loves him. Sometimes I'll see them on the sideline. They're always like chopping it up. There's like video cuts, you know, whenever the 49ers put videos together, it's like Chase Young and Nick Bosa. They're like inseparable. So I know Nick, Nick is happy that he's on the team because they're boys, but I need to see him do a little bit more than celebrate with Nick Bosa. Again, the Jacksonville game had me in a chokehold. I was like, Oh man, Chase is gonna be amazing. And ever since then, it's kind of like he just, just like, oh, I'm just gonna sit back in the corner now and let everybody else work. He needs to give a little bit more effort. I see, like sometimes he'll have some good plays, like you said, he almost got home here and there. But I feel like sometimes he he doesn't give 100 percent effort. He was getting pushed around and blocked away. Uh, he could not set the edge. That's the thing that irritated. He just can't set the edge right. And again, if if push comes to shove, when the season's over, I, I wouldn't sign him back. There's a lot of there's a bevy of young talent. And today they announced that they got 11 draft picks coming up in this draft, four comp picks. They get a first round pick this year. He's one of those picks on a draft pick. And we got Robert Beal next year that can really explode off the edge. Remember this name in the draft, Muhammad Kamara, yeah. Colorado State defensive end. Love Muhammad Kamara. Uh, I'm going to share the screen here. This is CJ Gardner Johnson talking uh, about Debo from earlier this year. Uh, there's a lot of anger here. This is a really good player, by the way. I love C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Here he is. <laughs> He's crazy. Bro, 
listen, don't be friendly when you see me. Cause you be so flashy. You better hope, well, you better hope all that talking you be doing when we see y'all what whatever round it may be. Cause I can't guard you. You can't run routes. You're a running back. You're a running back. And I ain't gonna sit here and play with you, little boy. Because you got a little bag, people gave you a little clout, man. You ain't nothing, bro. Stop playing. <laughs> that guy sounds pretty jealous, but he's also one of the most violent players in the league. Um, I, I love CJ Gardner Johnson's talent. What do you think? Is Debo gonna go? Um, and what do you make of this? Because I mean, okay, it wasn't a fracture, it wasn't a dislocation, it wasn't a partial dislocation. So what the hell was it? And why did Debo come out of the game? And um, and why is he? I mean, he's in a lot of pain. But what is it? It's not a fracture and it's not dislocated. So what are we talking about? Is it bruised? Is it? Is it? Uh, I mean, what is he going to go? I mean, I, I, doesn't he have to go in this next game? They say he's fifty-fifty. If he doesn't go and he's got no dislocation. And he's it's not fractured. There's gonna be an awful lot of people who are gonna say that he's ducking CJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of people that say a lot of stuff about Debo. He's one of the most criticized players on this team because he's had some injury history. You know, he got a he had a little bag, he got a little clout, like CJ said. I think he is jealous, Abe, first off. You know, in, in terms of CJ, that guy talks, runs his mouth. He did the same thing to Baker. He says, you know, you're terrible. Baker said to watch the film, and he goes, I watched the film double time, and then he you know, threw the ball when he intercepted him. So this this is a game I need to see Debo because I need to see him come out and, and just shut up Car- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. But, again, no fracture, none of that, no dislocation. I think it's a pretty extreme sprain. Maybe it was like a very high-level sprain. Maybe he did get some bruising there. Um, I think it's going to be a game-time decision, in my opinion. That's the way I see it with the way Kyle, Kyle was kind of talking about it. Practice tomorrow. I don't expect Debo to practice tomorrow. We'll see. Maybe he'll be going through rehab through the week and they'll kind of see if he can how he responds to treatment which i think is what's going on right now in my opinion this is just the way i see it i think it'll be a game time decision this is the nfc championship game your best players need to be there i hope debo's there and i want to see him make chauncey gardner johnson look like an idiot i think it was more precautionary on saturday is why they kind of didn't play him because i think and what kyle was saying is they feared that it was the you know same injury that he had against the Browns, the hairline fracture. So I think it was like more of we don't know until we get imaging results because they had to wait for the x-rays and the MRIs and stuff. So I think Kyle was more like, hey, if it is that and we throw him out here, we can really do some bad damage to him. So I think that was the case on Saturday. It was more of like we don't know if it's fractured or not. He had the fracture already. Let's be safe. I think that's what the case was on Saturday. Now I think moving – for the rest of the week. I think it's going to be more, A, pain tolerance, and does Kyle want to risk this guy? Because Kyle loves Debo, man. I think he he respects Debo so much. This was one of his, like, biggest draft crushes. So I think Kyle wants him to play, I think, but at the same time, I just think that he doesn't want to risk his future because he knows how important this guy is. Um, but this is the NFC Championship, Larry. You got to suck it up. Cortisone shot. Do what you got to do. Smoke some crack rock. I don't care. Get out there. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know if he's got a smoke crack, but yeah, at the same <laughs> time, uh, I won't advocate that. But I will say this: um, he's going to get ripped if he doesn't play, because it's not broken and it's not dislocated, and people are going to say that he ducked C.J. Gardner Johnson. And uh, I'm not that kind of guy. I won't say that, but 
I fully expect to see Debo on the field on Saturday. You win this game, you go to the Super Bowl. Uh, there's a lot of time to rest. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of time. Maybe don't use him as a kick returner. Maybe just use him as a as a as you know from scrimmage. But if it's not fractured and it's not dislocated and you don't play, get ready for people to rip you and call you soft. I won't. Be, well, I won't be doing it because I like Debo and I don't think he's soft. But uh, there's going to be a lot of people, and I won't be able to control it. There'll be lots of people that are ripping Debo if he doesn't play in this game. I said that this week. I said he'll get a lot of haters because um, he got paid. You know, remember the whole contract situation? They're going to bring that up. They'll say he's soft. Like, I just know he'll get a lot of backlash because he gets a lot of backlash already going into this game. This is the biggest game of the season. And if he misses it, and especially, especially if the 49ers lose this game and CJ has a big game, I hope he plays. Hope he plays. Hope he plays and runs over C.J. Gardner-Johnson at the goal line. Um, you know what? You got two shoulders. Maybe lead with the other shoulder. You know what I mean? But um, that's what's what's your wild card factor Sunday? Okay, so I got two. Debo, Debo is, is he going to play or not? Because if he doesn't, that changes the whole complexion of how you're going to play. I think Debo is the biggest X factor because, like we just said, we don't know if he's going to play or not. That is, to me, the biggest X factor in this game. I, I think he is it. And then we talked about him earlier, Juwan Jennings, man. This guy's a dog. I think he's going to step it up again. This guy, man, I'm so glad he's back from that concussion because this man was so critical. Five catches on six targets, four of them were first downs. He's such an X factor. This man is so important for this team. I think those are my two major key factors. If Is Debo going to play? And if he doesn't, Juwan Jennings needs to have a big game. Well, you know, I mean, I would say Ray Ray McLeod, but man, I saw Purdy yelling at Ray Ray McLeod. I saw Shanahan jumping up and down. Ray Ray McLeod obviously deviated on a pattern. You saw the close up of Brock going, you know, what are you doing? And you saw Shanahan jump out of his skin. I mean, uh, Shanahan had like, you know, 45 inch vertical on the sideline there. Uh, and Brock called out Ray Ray. Now, did you see, now my 14-year-old sent this to me, and you're all over everything, so I said, I'll check with Raj. Did Ray Ray like the Ryan Clark rip of Brock Purdy? Yeah, so. He did? So he did, but there's an explanation. The the explanation. I need an explanation. Yeah, so the explanation I get. So if you guys, the the ESPN uh, video post, the ESPN post of the whole, you know, video we played earlier, right? The whole video of Ryan Clark ripping Brock Purdy. Da, 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 da. It's a picture that had all the quarterbacks and it said, you know, what Ryan Clark said on the image, right? He liked it, but the explanation is he's saving it as a receipt. So sometimes athletes or sometimes people will like something to save it as like a, a receipt or a bookmark to come back to it. That was the explanation. Now, I know some people say, well, can't you just save it? Can't you just bookmark it, right? To Instead of it. But a lot of people say that these athletes you know, are so busy that they just like it, so then they can look at their like post, go back to it, and pull up the receipt. That was the explanation that I got. Do you believe it? I mean, after seeing what you're a vet, you're you know this. This is your realm, man. Uh, you're you know if this were uh, a national investigation, you're qualified as a as a content creator to like go on like you know a major news organization and comment on this. What do you think? I mean, I'll, I'll defer to you. 
I, that's what my kid said. He said, Dad, he may he may just wanted to bookmark it. I but I mean, co- but 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 Shanahan yelled at him. He mm-hmm. clearly ran the wrong route. Purdy yelled at him. They uh, they talked about it on the sideline. You could see Ray Ray trying to explain himself. I like Ray Ray. I'm down with Ray Ray. But you know what? I think he ran the wrong route. And I think Shanahan was pissed off. And I think Purdy was pissed off. And I think maybe Ray Ray uh, was pushing back on Brock a little bit by liking that that uh, that deal. Do you, do you think there's bad bad uh, bad no. juju between Ray Ray and and Brock? No, Brock's a leader. He's a he's a captain. And Kyle uh, or Kittle explained it today on Pat McAfee. You know, he called people out when they mess up. He's gonna call your ass out, and that's what Kittle Good. said. You miss a you you miss your your route. You miss your play. You know, Kittle says we want him to fire us up to call us out. Because after he did that, they kind of clicked, and that's when everything took off. So they want that fire out of Brock. Ray, Ray, you know what? You get in the moment. You probably he was probably pissed. I've been told off at my work, like my boss says, you didn't do this right, and I'm trying to explain. But like, yeah, in the moment, yeah, you're a little pissed off, Larry. But I don't think he had any intention of like, oh, I'm gonna like this tweet. I'm gonna like this post because I hate Brock Purdy now. I hope not. That doesn't seem like, like Ray, Ray. The bookmark, man. I tell, I do. Listen, I do it myself. I, I like weird, like. You know, negative tweets. Uh, I know I can bookmark it, but sometimes I just like it, and then I could come back and go to like post or whatever, like tweet, and then you know, and and because if you go to your like stuff, you can see it. But when people are looking at your your stuff, why did you like that? Why? Because people take it out of context. I think it was more of a bookmark, but maybe he should have just hit the bookmark. But, this is twenty twenty four. The controversy of bookmarking versus liking. <laughs> Jimmy says, "Did you did you see the photo Ray Ray posted on IG hugging Brock after the game?" Yeah. Tony says Larry's reaching. Larry's yeah. not reaching. Larry's inquiring, inquiring, inquiring minds want to know. Um. The, hey man, that wasn't a like. That wasn't a bookmark, man. That was a like. <laughs> no man, no. It was a bookmark. Are you, are you going to ask him tomorrow? <laughs> Don't ask him that. <laughs> Yo, Ray Ray, uh, was it a bookmark or a like? <laughs> you can be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> just absolute idiot. I cannot go with any of these questions. You know, it's just no, come on. Please, come on. Uh, I know you, you. I know you threw a like in there, but I get the sense that it was a bookmark. Where do you stand? Um, oh my God, this is the this is the crazy world. Millhouse meets says Larry National Inquiring. Yeah. Uh, Get this one. Tony Uga Ugia Tafa says, Larry, love you, Larry. Just sounded like you were sounded like you were. LOL. Uh no, I hear you. I hear you, Tony. I want to know. I'm digging deep to get to the real story. All right, let's read the supers and then we're gonna bolt for the door. I got one last question. Here we go. We got nine supers. Blood Moon, Raj Larry. Okay, we already did this one. We go to this one. Mond green egg corn all right what is the hang up with cycling through running backs where the hell is elijah mitchell by the way the guy looked great at the end of the year we can't use elijah mitchell jp mason no are these guys are these guys alive are they are do can we confirm that elijah mitchell and jp mason are still with us i'm on the phone elijah you good you're alive hold on i gotta you're alive Jordan Mason, you like, yeah, they're alive. There. They're alive. Okay, they're alive, everybody. J.P. Mason and Elijah Mitchell are alive. 
So uh, maybe Shanahan ought to, I don't know, hand the ball to them. No, absolutely. Uh, Mr. McCaffrey is, he's too good. This is the thing. I, and I think this is the problem. Elijah was the starter. Now it's not like, it's like he was the starter. Then they traded. I literally asked Cam Inman, do you think the Niners need to trade for CMC? This is the day before they did. He's like, no, they got Jeff Wilson and Elijah Mitchell. Now Mitchell can't even get a freaking carry. He was the starter. I, I get it. Okay, here's the thing. This is my take on it because I want. I was banging the table for CMC, and I'm happy they did. There's no player on that roster that is like CMC. He's a generational talent. He's a Hall of Fame player. He got two thousand yards for you know scrimmage yards. Like Kyle has been looking for this type of player for like how many times has he drafted a running back because he wanted this type of guy. This is the greatest player in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Like this is Kyle's dream player, the prototype. Debo is one. Chris McCaffrey's his prototype running back. Are you kidding me? We were screaming for him to feed CMC. I don't think any of those other running guys. I know they're good. Elijah's a fun, great player. He was the starter. He set a rookie record. I get all that. He's playing well. He's playing good. I get it. But he does have injury risk. And Mason, he already answered that question. He's the third running back on the roster. He's not getting any touch. That was a fun question by Grant, by the way. But Christian McCaffrey is so good. He does things. He hits the holes. Pause. He has the vision that none of those players have, Larry. Like, Christian McCaffrey is – sometimes it's a blessing and a curse. He's so good that Kyle can't trust any of those other running backs because they cannot do what CMC does. You give we're him the- such We're such a weird team. He's so we, use, we, use, we use one running back but two offensive guards. I know, but he's so good, Larry. Like, this guy can take well, – I know, but I mean – And explode for a touchdown. And it's like the threat – at CMC gives you, and, and I understand, I want... Well, how about this? If there's no Debo, how about how about using, instead of using Conley and Ronnie Bell and those guys, how about flexing C, uh, CMC outside, using him as a receiver and using Elijah as the running back? That's a good thought. I think now mm. that with, with... See, I'm thinking, I'm always thinking. Yeah, with Debo out, maybe that's something that Kyle cooks up. You know, he has a little bit more time to prep. But again, my take is, and, and I don't think you're wrong. I think you should give Elijah and, and those guys some carries. But Christian is so good. I think it's so hard for Kyle to not give him the ball because he's like, this is the guy he's been searching for. He's been dreaming. This is his dream. Kyle, Christian McCaffrey's the dream player. He's always won. I never, I, I, there, as we get down towards the end of the year, I'm starting to wonder about some of the usage of these players. Like, why did you pull Feliciano for Burford? Oh, yeah. Why? I'd love to know. Is Bur- who's better between Burford and Feliciano? I need to know. It's uh, it's close. I like Feliciano. It's a tough one. Um, okay, a couple more. Uh, 49er underscore throwback. Who was the unsung hero of the game? I'd say Brock Purdy. Or do you guys say Dre Greenlaw? Uh, Kittle talked about where Purdy had to express himself. Um, I'm going to go with Dre Greenlaw. Get freaking down! But I'll go with Dre Greenlaw. Who's your unsung hero of the game? Greenlaw was the hero. He was unsung. My unsung hero was Chris Conley, man. That was the money, the biggest catch of his career. You know, maybe Ayuk with that catch off the turf. Brandon Ayuk was nice. So to me, I had two. I had Chris Conley out of nowhere, came out of nowhere, makes the biggest catch of the game. And then Jake Moody, man. This guy to hit the 52 yarder after having your field goal block. And then the yeah, week before, good call. You had two weeks off to think about, holy crap, I just sold the game against the Rabs with everybody was hating on him. Gets his field goal block, 52 yards in the rain, down the middle. Like the kick was down the middle. We don't win that game with that kick. So I like Jake Moody as an Antonio. 
Jake Moody, he's the man. Uh, KR says no Debo? Question mark. Use CMC at wide receiver, and um, Elijah Mitchell. I think Elijah's with an E, but yeah, we got you at running back. CMC at wide receiver is better than Ray Ray. Um, okay. I'm, I'm with you there. We got this one from Mark Failer. Enjoyed the show today, especially the Giants talk with FP. I was on the radio today on 95.7 The Game, and I don't even watch baseball. Do you think his take on Debo was a good one? I did. Also, why was Dibs so cranky? Would love to see more FP. Dibs just doesn't want to talk any baseball. And then when, when you know, since I was running that, that I was kind of in the lead dog chair I kind of picked the topic, and so Dibs had to talk baseball. And this is what Dibs does when baseball comes up. He just puts it down, rips it, and I get it. It's baseball. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there with F.P. Santangelo. He's a former baseball player. What am I going to ask him about the Warriors? And the Warriors haven't played for 10 days or two weeks. And, you know, we all, we've all we been talking Niners all day. So I want to talk a little baseball, and um, I get what I want. You know, that's what that's the deal. I talk about what I want, and that's the way it works. As far as um, um, his take on Debo, um, he basically said that what that Debo was hurt and couldn't go. My take on Debo personally is that I think he had an injury, suffered some pain, mm-hmm. thought maybe he had refractured it, pulled himself out, and then the x-rays came back and saw said it wasn't a fracture and then he'll play this week that'll be my guess hope he plays um, i hope he plays people will rip him i won't but people will they, they will darren dengler kyle folds went off script he just needs someone over his shoulder to call a different play the same way christian called the touchdown play yeah okay. kyle's pretty good though greg argisi did you guys see what mcafee said about brock yes we did mcafee defended brock uh, Bay Area says, good show, Larry and Raj. Jair Brown better be out there on Sunday. Yeah, I agree. Maybe uh, maybe that will be my question tomorrow for Shanahan. Ooh. Kyle, uh, here's a question. Jair Brown better be out there on Sunday. <laughs> That's not a question. It's a demand. What? <laughs> <laughs> How about this? Hey, Kyle, I've got a question for you. Jair Brown better be out there on Sunday. Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Do you agree? <laughs> He'll be like, yeah. how much you give me? How much you give me if I asked it, asked the question that way? <laughs> I give you a lot for now. Jair <laughs> Brown better be out there on Sunday. Oh, you go. Agree? Say, Agree? He'll, he'll say, you see the door? You better be out there right now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's an extra seat in the press box because Larry Kruger had his press press credential revoked. He sent it to me. <laughs> Andy seven oh seven. We need to play off Raj. Yeah, play we need off. playoff Raj. I'll be there. Don't worry. I'll be there. I said two playoff Raj, but he means playoff Raj. Yeah. Uh, okay, we got Andy. You like the Alabama Slammer drink, Larry? Um, you know what? It's kind of a foofy chick drink, but if I'm going to do a shot, why not? You know that? Or maybe I could kamikaze. Have you ever had a kamikaze? Yeah, those are tough. Yeah. In college, we used to have a kamikaze chair, oh my and it was basically God. like a lounger, and you just would tilt it back, and they'd pour kamikazes down your throat. <laughs> It was a, it was a, it's a good drink. Come a kamikaze. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's good. It's kind of green. Um, not sure what exactly a kamikaze. Let me look that up real quick. What is a kamikaze drink? What's in the kamikaze? Um, let me see. This is worth. Yeah, kamikaze shot. Here it is. 
A kamikaze shot is a simple blend blend of vodka, orange liqueur, triple sec, and lime juice. Oh, okay. It's damn good though. It's yeah, good. it's tough. Uh, good stuff. Yes. Um, Nick says, "What do you think? Uh, what do you think Purdy's stat line will be?" Um, I think he's going to throw for like two eighty-five, two touchdowns, and run for twenty-five yards, something like that. I like. It. I think he's going to take care of the ball. I think. I think. I think they're going to win. I. I think the Niners are going to bounce back and win. I think this game's going to be easier than the last game. I pray. I hope so, man. To last super Tony says, here's five to ask to ask that question. Uh, Larry, ha ha ha. Yeah. J- Kyle, quick question. Jair Brown's got to play. Yeah. Agree. Agree. <laughs> Do you agree? Good. Uh, good stuff. All right. Last one for Raw. Uh, oh, wait, one more here. Damn. People just won't won't let us get out of here. Andy Not 707. Right. If the Niners win, we need Larry to mug for the camera. Yeah, oh, I'll mug for the camera. Yeah. Uh, nobody likes mugging for the camera more than me. Are you can be in the right. line if they win. You can be oh, yeah. Line. Yeah. Yeah. I always go in there. I always go in there. Um, I like to talk to, I mean, I got a, I got a good rapport with five or six guys in there that I really, I really like talking to. Uh, the post game window is tough because, you know, it's always rough to interview somebody as they're getting dressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of a weird thing, really. Yeah. Um, um, you know, but, you know what? I, it's it's always good to get the player's perspective. Uh, and Tony says, "Do you think Bosa will finally get a sack?" I do. I think Bosa. I think Hargrave's going to get two sacks of uh, of golf up the middle because of the injured uh, interior. All right. Last question. Do you think now the Niners cannot look ahead, but Raj, you and I can. Um, and you have a good sense of the fan base as good as anybody mm-hmm. do Niner fans seek more revenge on Kansas city for losing that bowl or Baltimore for losing that bowl. I feel where, like in my, where do you, where's, where do we want more revenge? Kansas city, Kansas city, because this, this is the way I see it because this, this, this coach, this coach, this team, this roster, they lost the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs. They had it. They were they were so close. I don't even have to go up over the game. We had it in the palm of our hand. Ten minutes. Up to ten. Go, we had the game. We had it. I think this team with this roster, there's more revenge factor for uh, the Chiefs. Now I get it. The 49ers lost to the Ravens this year on Christmas. That game's not as big as the Super Bowl. I know we lost to the Ravens in the Super Bowl before. That was a different team. That was a whole different era. This team, in my opinion. Their bigger revenge factor storyline would be for the Chiefs. Because you remember George Kittle? I will be back here with vengeance. You know, that whole line. That was against the Chiefs. I think this would be huge. For Brock Purdy. To, to beat be, Mahomes. Take Mahomes out. He would cement his legacy. Because everybody, the storyline right now, every four quarterback has a story right now. You have Brock Purdy. He's Mr. Relevant. Oh, my God. The greatest story ever told. The underdog story. We know Brock's story. Okay. Lamar Jackson. This offseason, they wrote him off. Is he even going to come back to the Ravens? They're going to trade him away. He can't win playoff games. And boom, he wins a playoff game. Now can he beat Mahomes? And if he takes this team to the Super Bowl, he can say all the naysayers that said he couldn't win a playoff game. Boom, he won two, took his team to the Super Bowl. That, that's a great story. And he could win the MVP. So that's, that's, that's Lamar's story. Mahomes, they're already painting him as the next Brady. Like anything you hear, see on TV right now is Mahomes, Brady, Mahomes, Brady. 
and Jared Goff, the redemption story, the swan song, the lion story is, you know, they hadn't won a division. They haven't been won a division title for 32 years. The last time they won a playoff game, you know, phones weren't even invented, basically, that whole story or, you know, cell phones and all that stuff. So those are the four storylines. For Brock Purdy to take down the Tom Brady storyline would be amazing. Like his legacy would be cemented. And that would be the most that would be the biggest redemption story of all time. Can you imagine Brock Purdy takes down Mahomes? Brock Purdy take down that would be like Eli Manning taking down Tom Brady. That's the modern version of it. I, I either way, I don't even care. I uh, I don't care, but Mahomes would be sweet. Yeah. Mahomes would be sweet. Beat beat Andy Reid, beat Mahomes, get over on Kansas City. Um, I would love to see it. I would absolutely love to see it. Uh, once again, tomorrow I'll be down in Santa Clara. Jair Brown's got to start. Agree or disagree? Um, all right, Raj, good stuff, man. What do you got cooking the rest of the week? And uh, by the way, sorry for going so long tonight, but we had a lot of, you know, we're getting no, no. down to the nitty gritty. It was good, man. We're good. Um, no, I mean, same thing as always. I'll be at the game. So I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm just counting down to the game, man. I'm excited. Last week was torture. This week's bound to be better. Uh, thanks to all you guys. Seriously, great stuff. Thanks to people for the super chats. Um, I'll put out a bunch of more videos tomorrow from Santa Clara. Should be good. Uh, I'll ask tough questions. I don't know if I'll ask that tough question, but I'll ask tough questions, damn it. And uh, have a great night, everybody. Thanks to Pig and a Pickle. Thanks to, um, to Marin Autoglass. Thanks to Underdog Fantasy, Mojo Fantasy, all you guys, Raj is the man. Peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you asked for. 